0: Hello and welcome back here on another edition and another episode of the wilkes Grand Scranton Penguins podcast. I'm Mike O'Brien here with co-host Nick Hart. So much news this week. First, McDonald's dollar menu is coming back. Two. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. I just found out. Oh, okay. Cool. Very exciting. So the dollar menu is returning. Dollar menu is returning. David S. Pumpkins has an animated special coming oh, yeah. out. Oh, I just yeah. found that out. How, really? Really? I mean, yeah, yes. I see. That's, that's why one, I'm br- I knew that you did. <laughs> that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. I just found out about that. That's very exciting.
1: Yeah. They're doing like what? Like a half hour of David S. Pumpkins and then another hour of just straight up best of Halloween. SNL. Yes.
0: Are there any questions? Yes. Several. Several. <laughs> Several. Um, but since this is the Penguins podcast, we should probably talk about some Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins news. And there's plenty of that as well. There's plenty of that as well. So we'll table McDonald's and David S. Pumpkins for now. Let's get to the penguin stuff because for the first month of the season, it's been largely quiet, a call-up here, a mm-hmm. you know, send-down here, but a whole row of dominoes went tumbling down this week, beginning with Ami being placed on waivers at the beginning of the week. And from there, it was just not whispered down the lane, but just a cascade of dominoes that fell down after that
1: yeah a whole lot of shaking going on started with that move anti Niemi being placed on waivers with the intent to be assigned to Wilkes-Barre Scranton and then everybody was pretty surprised whenever he was claimed off of waivers by the Florida Panthers I think everybody thought that he would safely clear waivers and at noon the next day we'd see him at practice here in Wilkes-Barre Scranton Uh, nope the Florida Panthers with their injury issues in net Roberto Luongo being placed on injured reserve They thought that Ante Niemey was a guy they wanted to be the backup to James Reimer, so they scooped him up, and like you said, that led to a large domino effect for the Penguins, including Casey DeSmith getting the call-up to Pittsburgh, his first ever NHL call-up after a spectacular start to the season down here in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, and since niami has gone, he's no longer in the fold, DeSmith might be up for a little bit longer than just a cup of coffee. Indeed,
0: and... From there, you need to call-up from Wheeling. Mm -hmm. And if Sean McGuire is probably that guy, he's the draft pick, he's on the NHL contract, he's hurt right now. Yep. So it's Colin Stevens, who went 2-0-1 in his first three games with Wheeling Nailers, an alumnus alumnus of Union College, where he won a national championship back in 2014. Correct. With Jeff Taylor, Mm -hmm. Penguins defenseman. So it's kind of – it's been all over the place in terms of the call-ups and who's going where and who might end up in a certain place, AHL, NHL, or ECHL. But right now it's Tristan Jari and Colin Stevens for the wilkes barre Penguins, Matt Murray and Casey Smith up in the NHL. And let's just talk about Casey Smith a little bit. Yes. Because you talked about his fast start, his great start, and it has been one for the wilkes barre Penguins. Absolutely. He was great last season. Uh, and you think about his journey where – he kind of began his pro career and now his ascension to the NHL for a back-to-back Stanley Cup champion. It's its nothing short of amazing. It really is. It's a great story,
1: and I'm sure it's going to get picked up by a few more news outlets the longer Casey DeSmith sticks around in the NHL. Just his story is truly amazing. When he, when he left college, he was the third goalie for the Wheeling Nailers. He was not getting playing time for the Wheeling Nailers, and Uh, similarly to what we're talking about now, a bunch of dominoes had to fall into Smith, got signed to a PTO, played uh, a game against the Hartford Wolfpack. I think that was his first pro start, and he ended up getting the first AHL win. Like, any time he played before that in Wheeling was just relief appearances. He ends up getting his first pro start, earning his first AHL win, and uh, goes back to Wheeling, plays a few more games, but then when Matt Murray, or sorry, Marc-Andre Fleury got hurt in Pittsburgh, Tristan Jari, had to get called up to be the backup to Matt Murray. And Casey DeSmith ended up signing another PTO, playing the last three games of the season for the <laughs> Wilkes-Barre <laughs> Scranton Penguins. A 3-3. He three three, started all three games and then lit the world on fire in the Calder Cup playoffs. Set the Penguins' franchise record for saves in a game in the first-round clinching victory over the Providence Bruins. Then second season, signs an AHL contract and proves he wasn't a fluke by winning the Harry Hapholmes Holmes Award alongside Tristan Jari and posting the best. Goals against average in the American Hockey League. Now he's on the NHL contract and he's already in
0: the NHL. <laughs> I mean, let's go back to that 2015-16 season with the Wheeling. Yeah, players. the one he I, started with Wheeling. Yeah, you know, when he started with Wheeling because, and this is this is no affront to Brian Foster and Frank Palazzis, right. uh, Who helped Wheeling to a pretty good run that year. But Kelly Cup final, yeah. Kelly Cup final. That's a pretty good run. Uh, but Brian Foster, 22 games. Frank Palazzis was the a number one starter, he got thirty nine. Case Smith, thirteen games played, five two and two, a two point five five goals against a ninety one point five save percentage. I mean not not numbers that knock your socks off. Right but, but then like what? How many games played was that again? Thirteen. And what was his record? Five, two and two.
1: Five, two, and two. So that's okay. Sorry, I I just thought five and two in my head. I was like, that's only half the games he probably started in. He was the right. goaltender of record, but it's a little <laughs> so, bit. So more it's than a, that. what's nine ga-
0: nine out of thirteen games. Yeah. So he was a goaltender of record. So and then, like you said, he comes up and is amazing during the playoffs. Uh, was fantastic last year, and here he is uh, in the NHL with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, it's it's not a common Story, no, but, not at all. Yeah, that's but, what makes it a good one. Which makes it a great one. But some, it's not the first one we've seen here for the Wheeling Nailers, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, Pittsburgh Penguins ascension. You think a guy like Carter Rowney. No, yeah,
1: there have been other guys, and that's another thing that the Pittsburgh Penguins organization will always remind you is that um, a send down to the ECHL or starting in the ECHL is not banishment. You can work your way up, and they have countless examples of guys that have done that. Carter Rowney's one of them. Tom Kuhnackle played games in the ECHL. Josh Archibald played games in the ECHL. There were guys that came before them that did similarly. Didn't win the Stanley Cup, but had a similar ascension to the AHL. What what makes Casey DeSmith so unique is the rapid pace at which he suddenly reached the NHL. At this time, two years ago, he was not starting in the ECHL. (laughs) (laughs) He was the third goalie. He was. He was the third goalie. Uh, absolutely right. And then as soon as he had the opportunity, he grabbed the brass ring and has taken off like a rocket ever since. On a PTO with wilkes Grant, and then on an AHL contract, now on an NHL deal. Doesn't allow an even-strength goal in his three games to start the season in the
0: AHL, and now he's got the first NHL call-up. I had the chance to meet his dad, Gary, last weekend. He was in town to to see the Penguins and obviously see Casey, and just a, a very nice man. We had a nice conversation, um, and you kind of see where Casey uh, Casey's personality comes right. from. Right. Okay. And just, you know, nice, mellow guy, both of them. And I can only imagine Gary right now. I mean, here he was uh, the weekend before watching his son uh, now on an NHL contract but playing for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Fast forward a couple days, now he's up in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And, by the way, Pittsburgh is playing tonight against Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. Is Case getting the start? I think that still needs to be uh, announced or determined, but – what a seven-day turnaround it yeah. would be for Casey to Smith. If that's the case, yeah, it would be. It'd be great. And yeah. I
1: I hope he does well. Um, Obviously, yeah. Hope hope he does well. Everywhere he's gone so far, he's been able to stop pucks. We'll see if the NHL is a new destination where Casey to Smith does nothing but stop pucks. Yeah,
0: every guy, every guy that goes to Pittsburgh from here, I say, hope hope we don't see you again. To yeah. be honest. Um, you know we are we we want to win as much as the next set of broadcasters, and we love when the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins uh, are piling up the wins, and of course we want to see them win the championship. But you know every guy in that locker room, their dream is to reach the NHL. Yeah. So you know when you when they get there, you hope it's not just for a cup of coffee. But and Casey Smith, I think that's the same. So uh, the Penguins will be without Casey Smith's services this weekend, but. Uh, they will also be out without the services of Frank Corrado, mm-hmm. who gets called up today with the news that Justin Schultz uh, suffered a concussion in the Penguins' last game. So all all of a sudden, all this depth—like, why do why do the Penguins have eleven defensemen on the roster? Oh, good thing they do. Yeah, because
1: now that depth is being tested this weekend. Yeah, we <laughs> we, we talked about it what during the Penguins' three and three uh, two weekends ago. Like, oh, the depth is going to get tested because Chris Summers got. Called up, and with three games in three days, everyone's going to get a chance to get in. Well, now Trotman's up and Corrado's up. That's more ice time for guys like Dylan Zink, Ethan Prow. We talked about this two weeks ago. It's pretty much the same story, and it's a good thing the Penguins have all these defensemen on their roster that know the system, have been practicing with uh, the Penguins coaches, practicing with their teammates, so uh, they won't really need time to acclimate themselves. They can just jump right in and perform at their best.
0: And Kevin Spinozzi will also be getting yep. increased ice time. He will be our guest yeah, later yeah. on during our Penguins podcast. So make sure you stick around for that. Let's talk about the last weekend for Wilkes-Barre Scranton because it was well, a pretty exciting one with games yep. against Laval and Hartford. And to be honest, it's one, it was one of the best weekends of hockey in terms of excitement and entertainment that I can remember in a long time. I mean, you had the 6-5 overtime victory. Against Laval on Friday, you had the come from behind shootout win over Hartford on Saturday. Both on home ice in front of great crowds. It was, it was entertaining from opening puck drop to final horn both nights. Awesome, awesome hockey. Um, Those are the games that players and, and you and I live to talk live for to talk
1: about. I know the coaches probably not so much. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure how pleased they were with the six uh, five overtime game against Laval. Um, but that being said, the two to two shootout game uh, that the Penguins ultimately won against the Hartford Wolfpack, that was a really well played hockey game. That was a good job of the Penguins settling things down after the run and gun style thing that they the pulled off ag- for of Friday night. Yeah, they pulled off against Laval, and make no mistake, that was exciting stuff. And not only did you have eleven goals scored between the two teams, plus a great three on three overtime to get there, but Daniel Sprong had his first
0: pro hat trick, and everyone gets excited when there's a hat trick. Well, of course, as Daniel Sprung now leads all AHL rookies with 10 points, he had his goal-scoring streak come to an end on Saturday, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Almost won in overtime to keep Nearly. it going. Nearly did so. But let's talk about another rookie quickly because for whatever reason, it's just funny how these things work. Daniel Sprung and Gage Quinney, mm-hmm. the deadly duo on the Penguins' front line right now. Yeah, Gage Quinney, I guess another guy
1: who we might be talking about in – two years, a year's time, about a guy who started with the Wheeling Nailers and maybe ended up in Pittsburgh. With the way he's playing right now, it wouldn't be unthinkable. He spent his entire season last year with the Nailers on an ECHL contract, was pretty much a point-of-game player, had some injuries uh, thrown in here and there to kind of slow him down, but still ended up close to being a point-of-game player. Yeah, 44 and 45, is that what it was? Yep. Starts off on the AHL contract this year with Wilkes-Barre Scranton, sits out the first few games, gets in on that Sunday of the 3-3, three and three, gets a goal and an assist. Then against Laval, gets another goal and an assist. And then against Hartford, scores a goal to start the Penguins' two-goal comeback in what would ultimately become a shootout win. Goals in three straight games. All three
0: American Hockey League games played in the career of Gage Quinney. He's found the back of the net. He's found the back of the net. And you know, to be honest, a lot of Penguins have found the back of the net through the first six games. It's I mean, we talk about Daniel Sprong and, of course, his prolific production through the first three weeks of this hockey season. But you see Garrett Wilson chipping in. You see the defenseman chipping in with goals. Uh, Great depth offensively. Is there that Jake Gensel from last year that's just running away with things? Maybe not. No. But the strength of this team is going to be literally the quantity of goal scorers as opposed to the quality in this particular case.
1: Yeah, and a guy like Jared Burton goes bar down in that game against the Hartford Wolfpack. He's chipping in, and you still have to think um, Zach Aston Reese, is going to get the train rolling in a little bit. He doesn't have a goal yet this season. You figure once uh,
0: he gets the ball rolling, oh, boy, look out. Well, I mean, six games, 12 different goal scorers. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. And Daniel Sprong also has seven. Yeah. So there's, it, that. there's that as well. You
1: know who else is probably due? I think Lucas Bengtson is due for a goal. Lucas Bengtson is
0: due. Kevin Churchman is probably due. He oh, had yeah, one taken away. And, yeah. and, and, and you know Tom Gestopoulos, he has one right now. I think it's only a matter of time before – those you know, he, start start, growing start, he starts heating up as well.
1: That's sort of how uh, these seasons have gone since I've gotten here for Tom Kostopoulos. Oh, yeah. I don't I want know, to say. He,
0: he'll th- tell you he 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 takes a couple weeks to get going.
1: Yeah. And it's not that he's starting slow. It's not that he's playing poorly, but it takes a few weeks, definitely a few games to get under
0: his belt before he starts notching the points. Well, hopefully he and the rest of the Penguins will be notching some points this weekend. Let's talk about the weekend ahead because Friday night, the I one rivalry resumes with the Hershey Bears and Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins playing their first of 12 games Friday night at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. So let's talk about the Hershey Bears because they're off to a rough start, much to the chagrin of their fans and probably to the delight of Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins fans as the Hershey Bears just won 4-0-1 through their first six games. And we knew they were going to be losing some players from last year's squad to Washington to start the season just mm-hmm. because of the holes up top in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So you see Jacob Verana up. Christian Juice is up. Uh, who am I missing? Madison Bowie's up. Madison out. Bowie is up as well. And so, I mean, you have your top defensive pairing, or at least your top two of your top defensemen. For from, sure. For sure. One of your best goal scorers. Uh, that's a lot to replace. And then Chandler Stevenson, who just had a hat trick the other night to help the Bears to their only win over Grand Rapids last Saturday. He gets called up, and so the call-ups for the Penguins, yeah, but for the Hershey Bears, not just call-ups, but, I mean, they, they're they missing a lot of key players right now. They're depleted. Yeah. They're
1: depleted for sure, and it's uh, showing on the score sheet they only have 12 goals for the first six games. That's, what, two goals a game?
0: Yeah, and five of those have come on the power play. Yeah,
1: and three. And what, there was the hat trick and the win by Chandler Stevenson. He's not on the team anymore, so that's even more offense taken out of your lineup, but they're not just missing guys that can score goals. They're missing guys that help prevent them. Both of their goaltenders started the year hurt. Um, Phoenix Copley and Vitek Vanacek were expected to be a very formidable goaltending tandem down in Chocolate Town, and neither of them has played a game yet this season. They've been going with Adam Carlson and Parker Milner, and obviously they haven't been getting the run support on offense, Mm -hmm. but – they haven't exactly been doing themselves any favors either.
0: Well, 27 goals allowed is the second most in the Atlantic Division right now. 12 goals scored this season. Well, that's easily the lowest in the Atlantic Division as mm-hmm. well, which is surprising just to see from a Hershey Bears team that has notoriously and were traditionally been known for their ability to put the puck back in the, back of the net.
1: Right. So let's look at the micro and macro here for the Hershey Bears. The micro, the immediate, um, given their slow start, they're going to come out guns blazing against the wilkes barre penguins rivalry matchup this Friday at Mohegan Sun Arena at Casey Plaza. They'll try and use that as a stepping stone to turn things around. Make no mistake, they'll be incredibly motivated against this wilkes barre penguins team. In the macro, um, don't think that their shortcomings so far are lost on Hershey Bears management. They always seem to be that team that gets very active in the weeks leading up to the AHL trade deadline. Uh, Make no mistake, Hershey will make some moves to
0: try and turn the ship around. Right, and they've also played four of their first six games on the road, and it'll be five of seven after Friday night. Once they start picking up the schedule at the Giants Center, where they play quite well and things just go their way, Mm -hmm. I expect that point total and that win total to go up a little bit. So we'll see what happens on Friday. Should be a fun one, as it always is, between the Penguins and Hershey Bears. And then a trip to Bridgeport on Saturday. And if the Penguins and Hershey Bears are having – I guess, problems with call-ups. Call mm-hmm. It's the opposite for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. They're not having problems with call-ups. They're having, well, uh, I guess, good additions yeah. to the roster for the New York Islanders. Reinforcements. Josh Hosang assigned oh, yeah. yesterday, and Alan Quine assigned on a conditioning stint as of today. So, Alan Quine has spent the entire season last year in the NHL with the Islanders, back down for a couple games, and Josh Hosang, who was very good for the – Sound Tigers down the stretch and the Islanders down the stretch. He's back after putting up 36 points in 50 games last season, and uh, that's going to help the offense for Bridgeport.
1: The Penguins did a really good job of containing Josh Hosang in their meetings last year where the Penguins uh, really were one of the only teams that had great success against Bridgeport. What, the Penguins were 5-0-1 in their six games? Bridgeport didn't beat them in regulation? Yeah. Yeah, where Bridgeport was that team just outside of the playoff bubble, would have been first place in the North Division. They had over 40 wins. The Penguins had their number, and a big reason for that was the fact that they were able to keep Josh Hosang in check for the most part. He's a very dynamic player, um, one who's probably worthy of an NHL roster spot based on talent alone. Uh, now that he's back down in the American Hockey League, I'd imagine he is very, very motivated to get back on uh, back to the Islanders, back in Brooklyn. Uh, so I'm not sure how easy it will be to contain Josh Hosang. Right, but
0: luckily they've been getting... A lot of run support from mm-hmm. Scott Ensor. Mm-hmm. Seven games tied for seven goals, excuse me, in six games tied for the AHL lead with Daniel Sprong and Danny Martel from the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Who is this guy? Where did he come from?
1: He came from the Seattle Thunderbirds <laughs> who won the Western <laughs> Hockey League last year. Yeah, he's he was their captain. He was their leader, but he was not a leader offensively. He was a guy who led by example on the ice, a guy who could calm guys down in the locker room as well as get them all riled up. But he.
0: <laughs> he's an undrafted player that uh, – he's, he's got the Cy Young stat line yeah. right now, well, by yeah. the way, 7, seven oh, and 7.
1: Right, exactly, 7 goals, 0 assists, 7, uh, points. seven points, and that's the thing. Daniel Sprong, we knew he had scoring ability. He had, last year in juniors, more goals than he had games played. Scott Enzer set his career high in juniors with goals last year with 18. He's more than a third of the way there, <laughs> six games into his pro career. So I guess hey. that gritty style that he plays um, is paying off in the pros. It's translating, and they're hoping he stays hot whenever they woke uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton to Webster
0: Bank Arena on Saturday. Well, that should be fun to have the top two goal scorers, Daniel Sprong and Scott Ensor, going at it uh, on Saturday night. At Very Webster different Bank skill League. sets, but they're working for their teams just fine. Yeah, I mean, you. we need to ask Alan Furing, broadcaster for the Sound Tigers, at what distance have these goals come from? You, you speculate that they probably come within two feet of the crease. Yeah, he's not uh, crank, cranking one-timers from the top of the circle
1: on the power play, like Daniel Sprong. Scott Enzer's goals, I suspect, are coming much
0: closer to the crease, which is fine. They count the same, so good for him. Good for him. Also having a pretty good start to the season. Steve Bernier with four goals and an assist. Chris Gulewski, remember him? He's 2-1 and one on the season as well. Bridgeport overall just 2-4, and four. so they're right behind the Hershey Bears in the Atlantic Division standings, and you were right, Nick, the Bengals went 5 oh, and one against them last season. So hopefully Wilkes-Barre Scranton can continue that trend. Big four points, even though it's still only October. They say you can't win a playoff spot in the first month of the year, but you can put yourself out of the running real quick. So hopefully the Penguins continue their three-game winning streak and keep that record above 500. with the Hershey Bears in town on Friday and a road trip to Bridgeport on Saturday for Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. We're going to step aside right now. When we return, we will talk to Penguins defenseman Kevin Spinozzi here on the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton Penguins podcast. Welcome back here on the wilkes Grant and Penguins podcast. Once again, I am Mike O'Brien with my co-host, Nick Hartz, and we are now joined by our special guest this week, Penguins defenseman Kevin Spinozzi. Kevin, how are you doing?
2: I'm good. How are you guys doing?
0: We're doing well. Doing Exc- great. Excited to have you on the podcast. There are so many questions for you. Um, and the first I want to start off with is just kind of your road from the off-season through rookie tournament through development camp all the way here to Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, because you finish up your junior career at Sarnia. And I don't think people realize what a crazy time it is. You're making major life decisions, and you're getting invites here. You're going to training camps there. And it's a lot to deal with. So take us through the last couple months and how it's all been for you. I mean, uh,
2: at the end of my OHL season, I mean, we finished in Erie in playoffs. And uh, after that, I uh – had a had a chance to go in the, in the coast finish the year, but I decided to just start right away with my summer training and get ready to see if I'm going to have an opportunity ahead. But during that time, I had to really think about my future. So I mean, first off is if I don't get an offer, I got to think about schooling. So I went on about 15 school visits all over Canada, just visiting schools, seeing like which one would be a good fit for me. And um, so, uh, surely enough, when the draft came around, uh, after the draft, Pittsburgh ended up calling my uh, my agent, and uh, they told us that uh, they wanted me to come to a r- rookie, rookie tournament. And at first, I thought maybe development camp, but I guess didn't have to, I could skip that part. So <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I was like, all right. And then, uh, so I just all summer was training for that. But during that time, I mean, it's uh, without a contract, nothing's a guarantee. Right. So I had to, uh, so I made my ended up making my university commitment and uh, getting all set up there, and uh, lucky enough I was that uh, was in Montreal, Concordia. So if I was going to go to university, it's at home, so I could somewhat live at home for right. once. It's been the, I think the first time in about six years that's yeah. you have a chance like that, so that's pretty special. And uh, so again, I'll set up there. I mean, I was training with the team before I came here, and then once I went to a rookie tournament, I think things went pretty well, and then they told me. Uh, we want you to go to the AHL camp. And then that's where I had to make my biggest decision. Right. I think that was the one where, well, if I go to AHL camp, I'm going to be a month or so behind school. And to be a month behind school is uh, there's a, it's a big delay of yeah, trying sure. to come yeah. back after yeah, that. Exactly. So obviously it was a big decision. And, uh, you know, I believe I, I could, my hockey career could go to the next level. So ended up making it, talked to my family, talked to my agent, and came here and now i'm here and it's uh, it's been a pretty good ride so far
0: and you make your professional debut last weekend How was that stepping onto the ice at mohegan sun arena and what was what was a crazy weekend of games and some pretty entertaining hockey as well
2: yeah i mean it was pretty special i mean uh when i came into the rink that morning and i saw my name was in the in the lineup i uh kind of started getting goosebumps yeah and uh Ended up mess- I ended up messaging my dad. I mean, me and my dad are pretty much best friends. So, I okay. mean, if something happens here, he knows something happens with his team. I'm not sure if people know this, but my dad's a professional hockey coach in Europe. So, whatever, something happens with him, then I end up knowing about it. So, anyways, I uh, grabbed my phone. I told him. And the messages I got, I think about 10 in a row, just smiles and super excited for me. So, I was, uh, that was pretty special. I ended up telling my agent, too. And then, uh, stepping on that ice, even just for warm-up, was special. And then, uh once that puck dropped I just uh nerves went away and I was just ready to play hockey it was amazing game time
1: at that point
0: game yeah. time at that point and uh I, I think a lot of people over the course of the summer I've seen you in, in training camp uh you know you're just, just I want to say blue collar I want to you know kind of define it by a couple words but you just get the job done in defensive zone I saw you laid a nice little hit on Stephen Fogarty at one point from oh, yeah. uh, the Hartford Wolfpack so um, you know I don't want to get too specific in the hawk here we want to learn about Kevin Spinozzi, the guy the man but break break down your uh, break down you as a player
2: I think first and foremost is being good in the D zone I mean it's, uh, it's uh, to be at the to play at this levels this is uh, it's a pretty special thing but if you want to continue playing at this level you've got to make sure you you're doing the right things and for me it starts in the D zone so if I can play well in the D zone that's it's uh, that's gonna to translate to offense defense creates offense. So play as well as I can in the D zone, and then if I get the chance, I'll help the most I can up there. So I'd, I'd say a two-way defender that, nice. enjoys, that enjoys being physical.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you talked about where your dad is now, yeah. but you've had a very kind of yep. circuitous path geographically across Canada into Europe a little bit. Yep. So I know you and I have talked about kind of your timeline, but for the fans out there, Take us through where you're born, where you grew up, and where you've been, you know, through the course of your life so far.
2: Yeah, so I'm born in Granby, Quebec. I was been, uh, I lived there, I think, till about six, I'd say. And then we ended up moving to Saskatchewan. So I lived in Saskatchewan for about seven years. Then afterwards, that's because my dad's a hockey, because right. of that. And then after that, we ended up going uh, near in the Kingston area. We wanted to get back near Quebec, where all our family was, but not in Quebec, because I don't know if you guys know, but in Quebec, after the high school, you got a CGEP, it's called. So it's okay. like it's like an extra three years of school after high school before you can go to university. Really? Wait, okay. so it's like... Uh,
1: like post-grad? But not.
0: Post-high mid-school. school. grad Like mid-grad.
2: Right. So, like, anyway, so it's like, after high school, another three years? But you have one l- l- less year of high school. So you finish in grade 11, okay. and then you have right. two years of CGEP, and then you can go into university.
0: What, is, what does CGEP stand for? Does I have, it, no, I have, I have no idea. What's that, how do you spell it? C-E-G-E-P. C-G-E-P. C-GEP.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I thought you are saying c Oh, no. So. <laughs> C-GEP. c yeah, Well, yeah. I'm going to look it up, but keep going. So, so anyway, so
2: we wanted to go near Quebec, not in Quebec, because I have three sisters, so I have two older and one younger. Mm-hmm. And just, it's, they'd rather go to university at 18 than go at 20. Right. So okay. So, that was an easy decision for us. And then, uh, after one year in Kingston, my uh, my dad got an offer to go coach in France. So my two older sisters ended up staying in Kingston to graduate, and then my mom was going back and forth from Kingston to to France to to be Jeez. with us and to be with my older sisters. And uh, when I was in France, I went into, I played an academy up north in Amiens, it's called. Mm-hmm. So my dad coaches in Paris, okay, and I was in Amiens, so that's about a two-hour drive north. And we had her... So, in Europe, it's kind of like uh, soccer. So, you know, like there's Champions League. There's So, they have the sure. league itself. They have the league in the country. And then they got like the European leagues. Right. So, anyways, we um, so we played in our league over there. And I played under-15s and under-18s. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, but every second weekend, we'd go to another country and have a tournament. That's awesome. So, I mean, I went to Czech, Slovakia, Finland, Sweden, uh, Latvia, Switzerland. I mean, almost – all of, all of europe, europe yeah. yeah and these are under 15s and under 18s under the tur the tournaments were mostly under 18s okay just for you know guys to have a chance to go in the european chl draft right. and somewhat to get seen
1: right so um so how did the french teams fare in those tournaments then
2: i mean it was good i mean we did well i think we won three out of six that we did that's really so, good yeah i mean it was like it was like the way the academy works is is there's there's three big academies in France where they just collect all the players, mm-hmm. and then obviously the other teams in the league aren't they don't fare that well. Yeah. But because of us and like our under 18 team, I think we had right now from that team there's four that play North America now. So two that play American University, two that play in the USHL, and right. So it's just uh, I don't know. We had a pretty good team, and I mean great memories. I think. Uh,
0: yeah. How cool is it? I mean you're a fifteen year old, sixteen year old going oh, yeah. around going 14, around all of your yeah. fourteen years yeah. old.
2: It was it was amazing, I think, uh, like to have that opportunity I mean I do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. So it was like it was really fun and it's funny because you just talked to guys here like Dylan Zink, played with my best buddy at the time when I was there at uh, UMass last year.
1: At Lowell, yeah. Yeah.
2: So all they right. played together. So I was like, Do you know this guy? And he's like, Yeah, I played with him and like just funny how that the small world is like oh,
0: that and the yeah, hockey the world. Con- the connections are already very yeah. small here. We yeah. say that
1: all the time. Hockey's a small world, but I really don't think people can appreciate oh, like, oh that guy went to Boston College and oh that guy went to Boston College so they knew each other. But no, it's stuff like, Oh, this was my best buddy in France yeah. and he played with you. In Lowell, Massachusetts, yeah. like it just—it's so
0: weird how that stuff yeah, works out. As you do, right? Yeah, it's a standard standard story there. <laughs> yeah. Paris yeah. to Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that old chestnut. So, uh, so Paris for
2: how many years? I was only there for one year. Okay, I was only there for one year. I came back the year after because it was my draft year. Mm-hmm. So I had a choice whether or not I wanted to go in the European draft. Because I had my European uh, – my since my dad's born in France, I like somewhat had a duel at the time. Kind of like du- – okay. So I had a choice whether to stay in Europe and try to go in the Europe draft. But I think I already had a – we already had a place in Kingston, and it was just easier to do that. And I preferred to play in the OHL instead of having a chance to go in all three leagues. Mm-hmm. So I went back to Kingston, and then from there um, got drafted to Sault Ste. Marie and uh, played a year and a half there. And then uh, at the deadline my second year, I got traded to Sarnia. And then was there for the rest of my uh, OHL career. It was time but, of, time of my life. Was yeah. amazing.
0: But you were there with uh, Matt Murray. at Sault Ste. Murray for a I little bit. Yeah, I played for
2: Matt with two years. It was uh, that was pretty cool. What
0: well, What was he like back in the day?
2: He lived not even 30 steps from my house. So when really? it, my first year, he was my drive, and oh yeah, yeah So Me and Matt were uh, we we're pretty good friends and. It was funny because now when I find out I came to Pittsburgh, i was like, oh, maybe I'll be able to see Maddie. <laughs> It'll be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: have you guys caught up uh, at all? since? Didn't uh, have
2: the chance. I mean, I didn't see him in main camp, and uh, so I came here. But uh, I'm sure uh, maybe one of these days oh, hopefully yeah. we'll be able
1: the to paths catch up. Will cross. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so thank you for taking through the, the timeline a little bit. What's yeah. it like having Dad as coach?
2: Honestly, my dad's coached me once in my life. Okay. And that one time, he benched me. So I mean, that's <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what was? What was uh, the coach's dad's reasoning? So really, my my dad never really didn't like. It's not he didn't want to coach me. It's just like the the way he is. Like he didn't. You know, like people judge. Yeah, people exactly. For coaching it's a tough situation. Kids, you know? Yeah. So anyways, my dad didn't really want to deal with that, and he didn't want to make me deal with something like that. So anyway, he coached us once in a tournament in Minnesota. And um, he made a rule that, like, when you're you done your shift, you come full speed to the bench. Right. So, anyways, me, there was a whistle. But, like, all my teammates were going full speed, and I was just lo- lollygagging not doing much. And I get to the bench, and he looks at me and goes, you're sitting here and you're not moving for the rest of the period. Yeah, you can't let the there coach's son sh- can't get yeah. away with the rule. Very lollygagging, yeah. he's lollygagging. There's There's a- <laughs> sh- that was the first shift of the period. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like. Okay, so I didn't say anything. Sat down, and then the second period starts. I get up to go on the Yeah, he's like, "No, no, you got two periods." So I sit back down.
0: Come on. Yeah,
2: and then uh, after that, I think I played the best hockey in my life. So <laughs> I think <laughs> the, next, the rest of the term, <laughs> I played unbelievable, and there's not one time I didn't go 100%. But so. Coach Dad that's a Dad. tight yeah. ship. Yeah. Hey,
0: send the message early.
2: Yeah. It's the only time he's ever coached me. So yeah. other than training me in the summers, but right. that's uh, that's it. So
1: does he ever get in your ear whenever like he watches you play, or does he is he pretty hands off?
2: Uh, I mean, if I ask for opinion, his opinion, he will. But yeah. I mean, sometimes after a game, like if I know I didn't play the best game and he, he, if I ask him, like, what do you think, then he'll tell me straight up. Yeah. But if uh, if I know I didn't play well and I don't really need the opinion because I already know, Yeah. then we just won't talk. But we'll just talk about life and other things. Yeah. But I mean, there's some games where I thought I played well, but in his eyes, you know, there's many, th- not many things, but there's things I could have done better. And sure. yeah. so my overall game, so it's always – so When we talk, there's always one out of a ten. How do you think I played? Mm-hmm. That's how we start off. And then sometimes I'll think I play like an eight or nine. And he's like, Well, honestly, I thought you played like a six. Mm-hmm. And then I'll ask why. And then he's going to just grade everything and tell me why. And then that's when, like, so that's like, I think it's a privilege to have a hockey dad. So, yeah. like, instead of having to go and ask your coach, What do you think? Well, you know, I can ask someone not in the organization or part of something and then just be like, Hey, yo, dad, like, just have a talk with my dad. Like, how do you think I played? And, mm-hmm. Being able to have that, I think, is just, like, amazing.
0: Well, let me put you on the spot here because Saturday was the pro debut. Yeah. Did you – did he stay up to watch the game? Did you talk afterwards? And what were – did you do the rating system after that one?
2: Yeah. Uh, funny enough, my mom's in France. She just – she's flying back today. So okay. So she was okay. actually there able to watch the game with my dad. Okay. So they watched the game, and I think, uh, so after the game, we have our workouts, we have our anything, so I ended up calling them, I think it was 11 our time, and mm-hmm. over them, it's 5 in the morning. Right. They haven't slept yet, they're waiting for me to call them. Okay. So anyway, I called them, and just saying, uh, you know, hey guys, how you doing, and they're all excited, they're all pumped up, and my dad has a game and not even 8 hours, and he's <laughs> still awake, he's all juiced, and, uh, <laughs> anyways, we talk about it, and, and uh, you know, so I think the main thing was asking how I felt. Like, were yep. you nervous? Were you like, how 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 did you feel? And I thought, I felt great. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it was really fun, and I, I hope to do it again. I mean, yeah. it's it was a blast. And then uh, I looked at him and said, so, how do you think I played? One out of ten. And he goes, honestly, Kev, it's uh, five in the morning. I, think I should go to bed. <laughs> <And then laughs> so, I'm I'm getting a little nervous. So I'm like, like oh, come on. You good, can't do this good, to me right good now. Good bad yeah. answer, huh? But at the same time it is five in the morning and he does have to get some sleep. So anyways I called him back the next day and, you know, how do you think I play? And he said, You know, you did this, this and that and then uh, I said, All right, did I do you think I should things I could have done better? And I think he lasted, like two or three things, but honestly, I think he gave me like I think he said he gave me a 7 or 8. And then oh, that's uh, that, that's good That's for, pretty like,
0: good. for my dad too, like How, well, it, ma- how many tens have you gotten of I have never gotten a ten. Oh. Never. never. Not, not a one ten. time.
2: No. It's uh it's uh you can no one no, you can't play perfect. It's impossible you to play perfect. You scored so. a hat
1: trick last year at Sarnia, didn't you? Yeah. I as was, a defenseman, you still didn't get to ten for that?
2: I allowed three goals that game. Oh. I was on the ice. Oh. <laughs> so when uh it was funny cuz that hat trick, I got a hat trick, but a buddy from Kingston, I play with his brother, his brother got a hat trick. So he was on the gu- ice for all three of mine. I was on the ice for all three of his. But he's a forward. I'm a D. Yeah. So I mean so I think d-
1: you win that battle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But I still still on for three goals. Jeez. <laughs> when you gotta roll to be good defensively, those three goals hurt. I guess
0: so. that's funny. Well I've yeah, well, no, we-
2: never gone to ten, but uh if a, a few nines and I mean when that happens I'm I'm celebrating. I mean it's the best night of my life oh, yeah. I get a nine. So <laughs> it's uh I'm pretty pumped up. How do you say?
0: How do you say uh, the team that your dad coaches for?
2: Uh, Nuit sur Marne, les bison, les Les bison. There you go. So the bison. Yeah, the bison. So I'm so bison. I'm so bilingual.
0: (laughs) (laughs) By the way, I did find out what um, what stood for. Enlightenment. It's it's, it's way French. I'm not gonna be able to pronounce it. There we go. Kevin. Kevin. There we go.
2: Collège good... d'enseignement général et professionnel.
0: Sometimes known in English as a general and vocational college. Yeah. So there basically,
2: you what you do like a two-year apprenticeship? If I
0: had to really kinda simplify of, yeah, that. S-
2: to get into your program for university. Okay. So is it
0: like, are you basically going into college like as an undeclared? Like there's no major or anything like that? You just kind of like do general studies or what is it? Well,
2: you can, you can go into something like what you kind of want to go into, kind of thing. Okay. It's like it's not a prerequisite, but it's. It kind of looks in those terms, kind of. Right. Like, if that makes any sense.
0: Okay, I got gotcha. you. So, well, no C Jep anyway. You so yeah, they, yeah,
2: my parents <laughs> were like, "You no, you like, go to university at 18. Like,
1: okay. So, but we do know that you um, had plans to go to university before you came here. What would you study? Uh, I was thinking Good. just going into business. I mean, uh, in business the, ethics yeah, in the in the, the summers. About ethics is in
2: the summers. <laughs> my uh, <laughs> we have hockey schools uh-huh. in my family, so I think uh, some uh, when well, my dad's ready to. Uh, go to someone else, I think uh, I'd want it to be me, so hopefully if I, I would have studied in there, then I could have uh, ran it pretty well, I hope.
1: Yeah, makes right
0: sense. On. Well, listen, uh, we're going to not take a break, but we'll step aside a little bit on the background of Kevin Spinozzi because I want to get to our first segment. Our games. And I came up with a name for this. I don't. It doesn't pertain, except that it's a cliche, and no way does this uh, pertain to nuptials or anything like that, but it's time to pop the question. Oh, okay. There we okay, go. Yeah. So Nick, you know the question, correct? I do know the question. And you you obviously, you are the traditional explainer of concepts, so have at it. Kevin,
1: what we do every episode here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast is we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for our next guest. So the person we had on last time, we asked them for a question, and it can be about anything in the world. In fact, it's encouraged to not be a hockey-related question. So this question could be on any subject they did not know who was coming on next so it's not something that pertains specifically to
0: you got it let's do it all righty now we got two choices for this question you going with the second choice cuz uh, i don't th- i don't think you or i i mean we certainly can't here's, answer the first here's one. what
1: we'll do we'll we'll throw the first one out first and if we have to rebound on the fly this person did provide an alternative question a plan b yeah so let's go with plan a first and see if kevin can handle that okay cuz i know i can't well fire away then all right Kevin. Yes. If you could be any character on The OC,
0: who would it be?
2: I'd have to know what The OC is. There okay, go. see, so, yeah. we're
0: all out of it. We're all right, yeah, none of us know. All right, so plan B. Kevin. <laughs> yes. If you could be any
1: character from The Office, who would it be? It's funny that this is a Wilkes-Barre script question. Oh, yeah. All uh, right. And
2: so, uh, I mean, I, I have to say Dwight. Why? Cause my sis, my sisters absolutely love The Office, and if I don't say Dwight when I come home at s- at Christmas time, they're gonna let me know for the longest time.
1: Why are you a Dwight though? I mean, kinda. Yeah. I
2: I'd like to believe so. I mean, I like if I don't get my way, I'm gonna let people know about it, kind of thing. Oh yeah. So then
0: you're a Dwight. Yeah. So
2: I mean, I mean yeah, I'd say I'm a Dwight.
1: Okay. Well, w- who would you be? Um, I, I'm not sure who I would be. I think. Uh, I would pick Jim. Okay, but I think I have some Kevin in me too. So you like picking me on me? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So okay. get ready, f- get ready for prank war. All right.
0: But I think I have a little bit of Kevin in me too. A little bit. All right. So let me ask you this, and I'm putting. This out to you guys because I'm the guy who didn't watch the office. Yes, you loser. I know. I've I've seen episodes. I've seen scenes, but in no way am I a religious watcher. I'm so, the
2: same. I'm honestly the same way. I mean, I've seen like huh, te- about but you're 10, asking us episodes. to pick so I ask, for yeah, you.
0: I'm asking you guys to pick for me. Oh, I have some ideas, but I think I might be way off. Hmm. Just I I'm not because of any leadership, but just because of personality. I could see my see me being a Michael, but I could also hmm. see maybe an Andy. Oh yeah, you're you're you've got some Andy in you for sure.
1: Um I'm trying to think of I'm trying to think of character traits. Like I'm not limiting it to like male characters. Pam. But yeah, but you're not Kelly. <laughs> no, no, not a Kelly for sure. This um, is all
2: your question though. I'm not uh, I'm not that familiar to me, to know every single character. Oh, so. I I'd love The
0: Office. That's one of my favorite shows ever. He's there's there's about definitely this. some Andy in. Him. All right, we'll just, we'll say Andy. We'll say so Andy. You're, so you're Jim, Nick. I'll picture. Mr Dwight, and I'll be Andy. And you'll be Andy. The end. All right, cool. Nice work. And that in in storyline that puts us at,
1: at quite a crosshairs, because you're, Andy you're, and Dwight had a rivalry, and Jim and Dwight had a rivalry.
0: You. Looking and me up, I'm looking at you. You two had a romantic rivalry yeah. in the show. Who was it? Angela. I don't I. If we mean, like uh, like I should know, Come I didn't on, watch Obi. the show. <laughs> 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 we just talked about this. Yeah, I didn't did. watch the show. Anyway, um, next thing I want to ask you, back to you. You were born in Montreal. You didn't really grow up in Montreal.
2: In, born in Granby. Well, yeah, sorry,
0: no. born in Quebec, I should say. Yeah. Um, but didn't really grow up there. It harkens to someone who wasn't born in Quebec, but was raised there. Daniel Sprong, And you guys... It seems like you're two peas in the pod. <laughs> Is this just a you know Quebecois thing? What, have you known him before? Or we just
2: uh, so when we were kids, me and Daniel played in uh, a summer team together for about five years in a row. Okay. So that was in Montreal. So that was at the time I was living in Saskatchewan. So when I came back in Montreal in the summers, while well, li- I didn't live, but I played with Daniel in our spring team. So anyways, that's how I, I knew Daniel. And I think, I mean, once we got to Bantam, I think I hadn't seen Daniel since this year, since Bantam. So, I mean, obviously, we knew like we knew each other, and like, we were buddies then. And then, funny enough, when we came back here, and we met each other at Rookie Tournament at the airport in Montreal, I think it was 4 a.m., and I, I was like, Wow, that guy looks familiar. And then he looks at me, and he goes, hey. And I was like, hey. He's like, you remember me? I was like, I think I played with you. I remember the hair. Because <laughs> Daniel, at the time, had hair down to, down to past the shoulders. Long. Really?
1: Long, curly, blonde hair. Dutch guy with the Samson haircut. Yeah. So... It's easy to picks. easy to
2: remember. It's a face to it's. It was easy to remember. Yeah, we need some so, pics of that. Anyways,
0: that's how I knew Daniel and. Yeah. Wow, well, hair. Not as much hair these days. No, no, I <laughs> no. Cho- chopped a little bit. Um, that's and you guys speak French or English mainly yeah. when you're talking.
2: Uh, me and him English. I mean, he's uh, he's more English than French. Okay. So I mean, and when you live in Montreal, I mean, it's more English than French. Montreal itself. Yeah. So. It's just uh, wherever you go, it's easier to speak English, Montreal, than it is French. What do you
1: prefer? Like, when you're at home with your family? English? Me, it's French. At home, it's always French. Okay, cool.
2: I mean, it's... Uh, so, me, like, speaking in French, is it's my first language and everything. But if you ask me to write something in French, when I haven't, like, really lived in Quebec, going through school, it's a little harder. Sure. But, like, when we're at home talking in French, or with my grandparents, or cousins, or, or whatever, it's always French. So, hmm.
0: both your parents are French? Yeah, both okay. my parents are French. Gotcha. With a name, like, Spinozzi, I, I just had yeah, to Yeah, my I dad's
2: born to. in France, so... He has a bit of family there, but other than that, all his family's in Italy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then my mom's, like, straight
0: Quebec. Gotcha. So. so was your dad, his family, like, on the French uh, France-Italy border? Or no? Uh, no. I wish I could tell you. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Well, it's like Tom DePauli. He is born in Italy, but he's kind of Italian, German, and French just because he was located. like a, like a secret spy. He's got yeah, everything. Much, he's got everything. I could easily see Thomas DePauli...
1: Engaging in a career of espionage he'd after be, hockey, he'd be,
0: he'd be a great James
1: Bond. Are you kidding the, me? Oh but yeah, that guy has like sixteen passports. Yeah, and like speaks a hundred different languages. He's strong, athletic, stunning. <laughs> 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 once he gets once he gets the suits figured out, gets suits oh yeah, that fit him yeah. again, then <laughs> seriously,
0: I could really <laughs> see the, him engaging in a career of espionage. Simple black and white. Simple black. Well, yeah, that's a problem. Well, Problem is he does go- he has a lot of flair. He'll he's draw not, attention to himself. He's not going simple simple no. suitor talks like James Bond. He's going He will stand go- out then. Yeah, yeah. he would stand He's out. going you know more what? Austin Powers without yeah. yeah. I'm blowing this up. He's never gonna be a spy. <laughs> 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 I'm turning back on on that. All right. Well let's get to our Other final pre segment or final like pre made segment of this uh, podcast. This is called the three on three. All right, you ready for this? This is our three-on-three helmet as designed by Nick Hart. He didn't really design it. It's just a hockey helmet that's been taped. But anyway, (laughs) uh, we have had some help in terms of this is full of different categories, okay? Okay. We have not seen these. Obviously, neither of you. Basically, you pick one out of the helmet here, and you have to give your top three in that category. We'll go around. All three of us, yeah. yeah. So three top threes, three-on-three. All right, so shuffle it up as we do. Please select Kevin. I think you got one. All right. It's just long.
2: Okay. What do we Um, got? Foods to throw in a food fight.
1: Top three foods
0: to throw in a food fight? Here we go. I mean, there's such obvious, obvious answers right from the. Right from the. uh, Every single movie
1: ever. Well, yeah. Like, there's like your standard, just like the whipped cream pie. Right, like that's that's a that's a standard. So do I want that in my top three though? Because it's so basic.
0: Here's what I'm thinking: you want, you want aerodynamics. You do. It's got to be able to travel. And you need splatter. I think Mm -hmm. ability. Like you can throw, you could probably hurl a grape, but you like what's it going to do? Yeah, what's going to do? It's going to bounce off you. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Oh, this is a great great question. question.
2: I think you got to go. Like I think you need a meat. Like, make some damage on the person. You know, like, okay. tell them you hit them. Like, you know, if I throw a steak at you, you're going to know I hit you with a steak.
1: Okay. Like, yeah. smack. It's, yeah. it's kind of like yeah. a slap <laughs> in the face kind of <laughs> thing. Yeah, it's know? not like a blunt object. It's not going to, like, hurt you, but it's going to kind of reverberate. Like well, <laughs> unless you're throwing a T-bone. That's
2: like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, boom, headshot. Like, I got you. Okay. It's me with okay. the food fight. I got you.
0: All right. Are you putting steak on your list? Steak, steak will be on my list. Um, I think. I I, (laughs) I think you got to go
1: cupcake. That's got to be on the list. Yeah, it's easy aerodynamic. You got some icing, icing that'll create some splatter. Yes, I think that's fair. Um, I got fun to clean up. Not fun to clean up. No. Here's the thing: if the food typically comes in a container, does it come with that container? Like you're throwing a can? What I'm saying? (laughs) No, I'm not throwing a can. I'm saying like, if you get like an order of like cheese fries, like with the sour cream and bacon, it usually comes in like a little boat. What are you throwing like a plate of nachos? Well, that's what I mean. Do I get the plate to throw, or would I have to like scoop it in my hand and then throw the fries or chips? I think this is.
0: I mean,
2: I'm going to eat my nachos before I throw nachos. I'm just <laughs> saying that. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs>
0: that's like, uh, okay. Yeah. That's. Oh, that's I will not waste my nachos. That's another on thing to take into consideration. Like, I, I or chili. I rather just eat this. Or
1: like, or, or if it's chili, do I throw the container that the chili comes in,
0: or do I have to put my hand into the chili and just try and throw the liquid? I'm I'm inclined to say no rules. Do what you want. Yeah, because it is a food fight. It is a food fight, but... you a Geneva spot? You're convention. thinking on the spot, though. Yeah. You're
2: thinking on the spot. You're not going... Hmm, you're just grabbing. Do I throw my container? Do I not... You're just You're just grabbing. I, I think I, you're just grabbing with your I hand. Th- I think
0: it's whatever you can grab with your hand. Okay. So, I mean, I, I mean, you can throw the chili, but...
1: It's not going to get very far because it's not, basically liquid. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, you got steak. I'm going... Cupcake. I'm going to cupcake. What else am I going with?
1: What else are you going with? I feel like there should be like, like. I got, sp- I think I'm going to go spaghetti. Spaghetti is a good one. It's, it's going to be difficult to throw. Like, you're not going to get range with spaghetti. Depends, w- depends on how
2: far the food fight is. Yeah. But you know, like
1: if you're right beside me, I'm just – If you connect – all over you. Exactly. If you connect, that's going to do some real damage, especially if you get them in the face and they got to pull it out of their eyes. It's sticking to them.
0: And it's draped over shoulders yeah. and hair. Yeah. So that's
1: the, that's not a long-distance weapon. Answers are that's like close
0: like range. His I've are been wh- in a couple fights. <laughs> Way <laughs> too good. Way too good. I Apparently, I need to get into more food fights. Yeah. That's from what I've heard. Um, what I'm
1: realizing I had one And now I completely forgot it Might have been spaghetti Might have no, been <laughs> You stole it
0: <laughs> What about like I feel like there's a fruit That should be in the mix
1: Tomato I mean that's like Your standard like. To- boo like a to- Yeah uh, And you tomatoes? throw the tomato
0: Lettuce was a big one I feel like for
1: You for got fruit. It's not going anywhere though What the tomato? Unless you're
2: throwing, like, a whole lettuce? Yeah, like you're you're just the head, like, the you're head of salad, lettuce. are just salad, like... No, no, yeah. no. Not like the leaves of
1: lettuce. The yeah. whole head of lettuce. A giant head of romaine.
2: That doesn't hurt, but you know you got hit by something.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, that's that's kind of like a cannonball coming in. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's a, like a steak. Like, you know you got hit by a steak. You know you got hit by a lettuce. A head of lettuce. Uh, like, are we trying to maim here and just... It's <laughs> just... no. Uh, there's, there's no rules. It's just your
1: top three foods that you would throw in a food fight. <sighs> I want... Once again, I thought of one and completely forgot of it. Every time I think of one, someone else. What says about something Jello?
0: Else. Ooh, I want to eat the Jello. Though. Like, well, you, well, you can eat your Jello. Meanwhile, I'm I might j- just
2: eat while you guys have a food fight. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm throwing Jello at your okay, face yeah. while you're eating your Jello. In my yeah. face. <laughs> as soon as I wipe away the spaghetti, I'm coming back with Jello. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I'm going Jello cupcake, and uh, I'll do tomato.
1: I've lost my mind here. I can't think of the one I thought of. And you're I do like spaghetti. I do like spaghetti yeah. for close-range combat. Oh, you know what? You know what would really work? Like a cheese steak. I think
2: I might go, honestly, with a real slimy slice of pizza.
0: Oh! oh. You've Why, had, you've Why had some are really you so ones. good at this?
1: I think, I think if you get like a 6-inch cheesesteak, so not like a long one that's floppy, so you can get it in your hand, get a good grip on it, then throw it. There's a lot of toppings that are coming out. There's cheese on you.
2: Don't get me wrong. I need to get real upset to join the food fight to throw no, a steak, to ruin away spaghetti th- yeah. and pizza. <laughs> but if I get there, my weapons are um, lethal. I'm like that's yeah.
0: that's a good meal right there. Yeah. yeah, like I want all of those things.
2: Okay, throw it, th- throw <laughs> it at me. Just just throw it yeah. at me. Yeah, <laughs> what
0: about a, like a, a buffalo wing. No, yeah.
1: I don't just think because individually, like those, those like little, just like right little off.
0: ninja stars. Like <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe you could do them rapid fire. It's just <laughs> Coming at you. Ooh. Maybe. All right. Well, maybe, um, maybe sushi. Sushi. So it'd down. be the same rapid fire yeah. kind of. Yeah. And but
2: just sushi. Those like could explode raw, on you too. Raw though, raw on you, like that's disturbing to have. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but well, maybe yeah. we're maybe we're taking the wrong tack. Like, what would be disturbing to be thrown at you, like anchovies or something like that? Like, if you go for the mental approach. What about pickles? Like what about pickles?
1: Eds? Eh. Nah,
0: they're not. Well. Nah, you're right. It's all right. It's gotta be
2: something that, like that splatters and like you don't want it on you.
0: No. I, th- I mean, I think we've come out with some good answers. For, for, for a largely unexplored topic, yeah. I think we've done pretty well.
1: Yeah. So, my my top three, I'm picking the six inch cheesesteak with all the fixings, mm-hmm. um, and I'm stealing Kevin's pizza and spaghetti. Okay. Those are my you're, allowed, you're allowed to, o- you're allowed to yeah, overlap. You're allowed to, yeah. yeah, you're allowed to overlap.
0: But those are my top three. Kay. Okay. OB? I'm going cupcakes. Cupcake? I'm going rapid fire buffalo wings wow okay yeah yeah and then <laughs> uh what was my other one uh jello 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 yeah kevin
2: i gotta go with steak spaghetti and pizza that's, yeah
0: that's you've contributed the most to this my conversation. spaghetti yeah.
2: meat sauce we'll leave a mess
1: oh yeah
0: yeah for sure i think spa- i mean i think spaghetti is the i think the r- way I, it the just leader, hangs the, on the run- you the runaway leader in the clubhouse yeah It'll just so, hang on you once it connects. That's one of those answers. Where you're like, you didn't think of it, but as soon as you hear it, you're like, of course. Yeah. Spaghetti. spaghetti.
2: Oh, and it's that pizza fits greasy. Mm-hmm. Ugh.
0: <laughs> that catches you the wrong way. Oh, uh,
2: I actually kind of want to eat pizza right now, but. but. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is
0: that on the? Uh, is that on the approved that, uh, Mike uh, Joyce menu? Nah, not, today. Not, not today. Not today. Not today.
2: We had it the other day
1: though. We did have flatbreads. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah. Maybe after you know after a couple more wins, we'll reward pizza. Oh yeah. Maybe. We'll see. Listen, we'll try and make it happen. Let's have a food fight, too. <laughs> <laughs> no food fight with the pizza. Go just eat it. Eat yeah. It. Anyway, um, you guys getting excited? I mean, uh, for people who are players that are either from or grew up in Montreal, you guys uh, excited about Laval Rockettes? It's and in January, the, uh, but yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, uh, just that I mean th- January is a while away from me, <laughs> as, <laughs> as you know. But, uh, I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, i mean, I've, I mean, junior like there's much OHL. There's no nothing in Montreal, so I mean this could be like first time my grandparents, my cousins, like were, like a bunch of family could come see me play. Yeah. So if I if I get the chance, then then that would be that would be something really special. Yeah,
1: like I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm not from Montreal. I'm not from Quebec. Um, I think JSD might be the happiest person on planet Earth oh. when we make that trip. Oh,
0: he's had those dates circled. Legitimately might be the happiest person on planet Earth. Yes. He's had this uh, on his map, on his radar for quite a while. Yeah. Understandably so. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's home. Like, what if you got a chance to go in front of uh, your family back in Pittsburgh and play for the Penguins? Yeah, but I go your... to
1: Pittsburgh all the time. That's a thing. Yeah, but like JS not... only gets to go back to that area during the offseason. I
0: understand. Yeah. But, I mean, point taken. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, we have held on to you. I think long enough here, Kevin, we will let you go on your way. I mean, where else do you go after a great food fight conversation, um, a great office character conversation? And what else do we talk about? So your, many things. His entire life. His entire life. Your <laughs> entire up life here? story. Everyone so,
2: knows me in Wilkes-Barre right now. Yeah, yeah so. so the exactly. entire life
0: story. You went through your entire life story, uh, who you'd be in the office, and the top three foods for a food fight. I think we've covered all the bases. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the pro debut last weekend. Thank you. Um, Continued luck here this weekend and through the rest of the season, and uh, hopefully we get you back on here sometime soon. You by far, I know we're only three guests in, but I will say this right now, best guest so far.
2: Well, thank you. He says that to all the guests. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take take it it for right
0: now. Uh, So, This weekend, the Hershey Bears are in town Friday night at Mohegan Sun Arena at KC Plaza. Come on down. Call 570-208-PENS or go online at Ticketmaster.com. And then Saturday, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, making a trip to Bridgeport to visit the Sound Tigers. And you can tune in on WILKnewsradio.com. You can also watch online at com. So, Kevin, thanks again for joining us. And for Nick Hart, Nick, say bye.
1: Bye, folks. Thanks for coming on, Spinner. This was great.
0: I'm Mike O'Brien. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week. This has been your wilkes Grant Grand Dependence Podcast.